This is not something you dabble in. This is a calling. You either love it and you really want to do it or you don't. There's very few people, I think, who just come to dabble in journalism and fall in love with it. I think it's rare. Um, I think you already have to be bit by the bug, so to speak. Welcome to Local Wire, a community news service podcast. My name is Manny Gusky. Today, we're going to talk to seven Vermont journalists about the lessons they've learned over the years, the good, the bad, and the truth. That was Audie Guha, a senior editor at VT Digger. She started writing for newspapers when she was 12 years old. I was very argumentative as a child, I'd say. I always played devil's advocate with everybody and uh, must have been about... 11 or 12, when I had this huge argument with my dad and I didn't buy his argument. So I wrote a letter to the editor about my argument in my local paper, which is actually a pretty big metropolitan newspaper. And it got published and I got such a kick out of that. I just kept writing. My parents had no idea about media and they were like, you're on your own. This is not an area we know anything about and we can't help you. We'll support you if it's what you want to do. And I remember when I was in my 20s, really complaining to my dad, being like, I don't have any money. I can't even buy a drink. This is this is really, this really sucks. And my father said, you know, we would have supported you whatever you picked. You've made your bed and this is on you. And I think of that often because I'm like, I really was lucky enough that I could have been anything I wanted to be. And here I am still budgeting and balancing my bills. So let's cut to the chase. Journalists don't make a whole lot of money, but they do work a whole lot of hours. Here's Courtney Lambden. She's a reporter for the news publication Seven Days. I think the greatest challenge is probably keeping a sort of healthy life-work balance. We're on a 24-hour news cycle, for better or for worse. I think a lot of the time it's for worse um, because it just demands constant attention. Um, You can't just really turn off being a reporter. It can be brutal at times, just the news cycle and the grind. And I also do enjoy this. Um, It just can be a, a punishing career choice at times. Work as a journalist can be all-consuming, but it also doesn't have to be your whole life. Make a bigger effort to carve out hours in the day that, that I'm not thinking about work or don't feel obligated to be working. If you're a really good journalist, you're never really off the clock. You have to have a pulse on your beat or of your community and even if you're not writing around the clock, your brain is really working around the clock. It's really hard to juggle having a life, being a journalist. So like you'd better really love what you're doing because otherwise it can get really monotonous and depressing. It's a demanding gig being a reporter. And it's not just because of the strict schedules and constant calls. A lot of times people just don't like you. Certainly in Idaho, it was a job with no glory whatsoever. I mean, people just assumed I had gone into journalism because I just simply couldn't get a job as a school janitor or I had failed out at it. And then this was like the last resort for me. And it was, you know, it was very, it was kind of a despised profession by a lot of people. And I think that that has spread around the country too. That was Ann Allen. She's a reporter for seven days. 
You are fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Oftentimes, when Audie will tell someone that she's a journalist, people will scoff at her answer. It's not a glamorous profession to be in. You have a lot of people who hate you. you ha- you're in the era of uh, fake news. Here's Vermont freelance journalist Carolyn Shapiro. I wish I would have known what was coming in the industry. That's sort of depressing, but and maybe I wouldn't have wanted to know. The difficulty that I never saw coming was a level of political leadership that was going to question both the motives and the accuracy and the dedication and the truth-telling of the field. Never did I think um, I would hear a phase fra- fake news that referred to actual news. <laughs> Never did I think I would hear um, as combative as the relationship between the media and people in power could be. Never did I think I'd hear someone in a high leadership position, particularly the presidency, call the media the enemy of the people. It is so the opposite. And it's not just the era of fake news that's stressing journalists out. The newspaper industry has drastically changed over the years, with staff shrinkages hitting newsrooms left and right. Get ready for our upcoming episode, Is Journalism Dying?, in this two-part series to hear about why this is happening, and maybe how to fix it. Someone has to ask the questions of the people in charge, and you know, if, if they're never asked these questions, they're not accountable to the people that they're serving. That's Courtney again, one of the reporters from Seven Days. You know, journalists have more access to public officials than just any member of the public. It's our job to kind of be in their face all the time and ask them questions that sometimes they prefer not to answer. And I think our role as journalists is to communicate what we learn to the public so that they can make informed decisions. So really, I see it as an essential part of democracy. As a journalist, you have a license to ask kind of impertinent questions. Um, and it's it's very satisfying uh, to um, get answers to uh, questions that an average person wouldn't be able to, um, to, to, to get. So I found it both terrifying and addictive. That was Anne Galloway. She's been a journalist for 30 years, and in 2009, she started the news publication VT Digger. There's a great responsibility in the work, too. Uh, as journalists, we wield a lot of power. And so it's really important to listen deeply and um, to keep a very open mind and to remain curious. Curiosity is really key, um, because if you go into interviews assuming you know everything, you're not going to learn, you know. Arrogance is the enemy of the journalist. It doesn't help you uh, actually get answers. There's a responsibility uh, for the journalist to filter a lot of information with the knowledge that the journalist um, has his or her own um, biases and recognizing that as you work on a story and again, remaining curious about what you don't know. You're taking uh, different perspectives and you're trying to meld them together into one narrative that, um, that, that, that represents all, all, all perspectives. And that's really hard to do. 
Here is retired journalist Jeff Javalt, who used to be the managing editor at the Burlington Free Press. People in journalism don't necessarily talk that much about truth. They talk about fact, they talk about objectivity, but I think I learned over the years that objectivity is actually not possible. Um, what you need to understand is what you don't know, and you need to understand what your biases are or what your preconceptions might be and, and, and how to deal with them. Um, and you also have to realize that you're ignorant. So in journalism, you have to embrace people who are different. They have different perspectives. Uh, they often see things that you don't. Um, they have ideas that may be better than yours. And sometimes they have ideas that are not. Um, but you have to work that out. What's the impact of truth? And what's the impact of truth if you get it wrong? You know, in my career, facts all seem to have pointed one way when, in fact, the truth was somewhere else. I made it my business to pursue the truth in our reporting and without fear or favor. And um, that means being tough and being willing to piss a lot of people off. And that's the job. Uh, and if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. If you trust your editor, you want them to rip up your story. Having pride over the writing is like not a good idea because <laughs> you want to you want to be uh, willing to change what you've written and to change the way you think about something. So I think the biggest danger is um, is arrogance, uh, making assumptions, and um, and also not being committed to the uh, the hard work of getting it right. What is the truth? What does that mean? You know, what is the truth in this instance? Well, in the beginning, you don't know. You're just exploring. You're looking at all the different angles and you don't know. And, and, and a little bit of everything is true, right? It's not black or white. There's lots and lots of gray. And your job is to filter all that and, and help people see a story that develops understanding for that person. And in order for that to happen as a journalist, you, you have to be, you have to get yourself out of the way. It's kind of like taking snapshots at a wedding. You're capturing um, the people in a moment when they're coming together to honor each other, to honor each other's love. But it's not the whole marriage, right? It's just you're capturing one moment in time and it happens to be a joyous moment but there could be arguments the next day, right? It's not the whole story. You have to be persistent. You have to be curious and you have to be open. Um, you have to reveal something of yourself when you're interviewing people. Um, you know, you have to do that so that they trust you. Um, and they understand who you are so that when you ask tough questions, they're willing to um, answer them. You got to want to do it. You know, it's, it's got to be something that you're driven by. And that I think that ultimately when I, when I looked at hiring people, I was looking always for the people who are most curious. Um, 
who had also the ability to talk to people and draw out from people, um, you know, their stories. After you've written the story, after it's been published, call the people up that you interviewed or that you wrote the story about and say, what did you think? And not to chum for, you know, praise, um, but to really find out. The most important thing we can do is, is like shining. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, right? But like shining a light on, on larger systems in society and, and asking like, are these things working? Are the promises that we are making to people in our community, are, are, we, are we keeping those promises? Are our public officials keeping those promises? Are we as citizens keeping those promises, right? Like, are, are we doing what we can to, to support others? That was Liam Elder Connors. He's been a reporter at Vermont Public for the past seven years. He covers topics such as housing insecurity, violence, and deaths. And he's seen up close a lot of tragedy in his own community. I mean, it can be just hard to feel to feel like anything other than like that that sort of sadness and that trauma that that you sort of get exposed to. Um, and that's a that is a big problem in journalism is the secondary trauma from covering tragedies and sort of being repeatedly exposed to that sort of thing. And it wasn't really until the last couple of years um, that. I mean, really the last year and a half that I've started to, to, to like seek help and to, you know, go to therapy and do things to, um, to try to take care of that aspect of my mental health and, and to, to make this a sustainable profession. When you're spending so much time looking and kind of at these horrible things that are happening and in a lot of cases, you know, I had friends who aren't journalists and they could, they would turn off that, they wouldn't read the news, but I had to just sort of like look at it, take it in and then try to digest that and, and put that out for, for people to consume. I could feel myself just sort of coming apart at the seams there. I, I wish that I had uh, started working on sort of like a, a better work-life balance earlier in my career. I wish that I had, uh, you know, address, you know, how to have good mental health in journalism earlier um, and and prioritized some of that above, like, just sort of throwing myself into the work to, to try to, like, you know, chase some goal of being the best that I thought that I needed to do. You know, I wish that I'd been a little, a little uh, kinder to myself in some of those early years. At this point, you might be wondering why these people keep spending their lives doing this work. They get such little money and such little recognition. Well, it becomes a part of who you are as a person. You know, once you understand the ethical model and you adopt it, it becomes second nature. You can't think about doing anything else. I mean, it just gets into your blood. You, you just... You just want to know more about the world and more about other people. There's really no better feeling than the kind of adrenaline rush that you feel on an election night when you're staying up until, you know, however late in the morning, uh, waiting for returns to come back. There's a special energy in a newsroom that I don't know is replicated anywhere else. I like moments when I'm surprised by, by what somebody says. Um, often, and it often comes when it's, you're either not looking for it or when you just sort of let serendipity uh, take its course or reporter's luck, which is what my editor calls it. You put yourself in a position to get 
to get good stuff. It's not luck. You kind of have to, to make it yourself a little bit. Often we speak to people at the highest and lowest points of their lives. And uh, I feel very privileged to tell their stories. I think the, the biggest high is um, stumbling upon a great story, hearing a great story, seeing a, a potential great story, meeting someone who's just really fascinating and whose story you want to tell. Um, I, that, I have never once tired of that, and I probably never will. Here is Anne Galloway again. For me, reporting is the best part of the work because it's there's a lot of psychology in the interviews. There's a lot of meeting new people and, and always discovering something new about the world. It's very exciting, really, to be out there asking questions on behalf of the public. The beautiful thing is that often people will read stories and really it, it changes their minds, right? I mean, the thing about writing is that when someone reads what you've written, you have this opportunity as a writer to actually be inside somebody's head. You're shaping someone's thoughts for good or ill. It's always an experiment. Every time I struggle writing the lead, I struggle writing the nut graph. I struggle with the whole thing. Even though I'm pretty fast now, you know, I have to beat my head on the keyboard too, just like everybody else does. This is a tough world where you can't make mistakes and that was pretty intimidating. And then thinking about it for a few days and just figuring it out, you know, how I'm going to frame the story. That's fun and it's satisfying. And it's really satisfying when I turn in the story. I feel like I've done a good job on it. Not all of these journalists were born in Vermont, but they're all here writing for a reason. Here's Ann Allen again. Vermont has a culture that really embraces journalism and it's not uh, surprising that we have a relatively robust journalism environment here. You know, we've got a very strong newspaper in seven days. We've got a lot of local newspapers. We have online news services. And it's because people here are, they just seem more oriented toward being engaged. They seem to read more than, you know, it's, it's, it's a great place to be a journalist. And there's so many interesting things going on. I never have a conversation with somebody about a story without getting ideas for other stories or hearing about other interesting things that are going on. I mean, it's just, I love that about Vermont. It is a very Vermont thing. I'm really grateful that Vermont still has like a relatively strong um, media ecosystem for its size. Vermont is a small enough state that you can get to know a lot of the reporters that are here in the state. What Vermont newspapers have done and what the Vermont community has done so expertly is boil that down and really understand that value and where the value of good local news is and is running with it as best they can. You've been listening to Local Wire. My name is Manny Gusky. Huge shout out to the journalists in this episode, Audie Guha, Courtney Lambden, Anne Allen, Carolyn Shapiro, Anne Galloway, Jeff Javalt, and Liam Elder Connors. All the music today was made by my fellow UVM students, Gabe Bango and Ben Keel. If you enjoyed this episode, please send it to someone you know thinking about becoming a journalist. 
If you want to hear more Vermont-related stories, check out our website, communitynews.net, or look up Local Wire wherever you get your podcasts. I want to leave you young journalists with a few bits of advice from a couple of our guests. Thanks so much for listening. I mean, I think a practical piece of advice I would give my younger self is to to know better how to negotiate your first salary because that kind of sets you up on a certain trajectory, you know? I don't think a degree in journalism is necessary or very helpful. I believe anyone can do journalism. It's a trade. It's skills that you can learn. But I think subject expertise gives a journalist an extra edge. Think outside the box is is one piece of advice. Be brave. Um, Know that you're going to meet obstacles in your career, in your coverage. Be um, bold in your outreach to existing journalists. Um, Reach out, ask questions, delve in, find out what you can about the field, talk to a lot of people, Um, be be open-minded and certainly, certainly reach out to the people doing it.